Okay, I wasn't I wasn't sure because it was right in the middle of me talking, and I'm like, God, I didn't think it was my take was that bad that you pulled the plug on it on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a second I'm like, oh, I, he went quiet. Oh no, everyone's gone. <laughs> everyone's gone. <laughs> Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Warhammer 40k podcast. It's going to take an oath of moment. I'm your host, Rob. Gavin. Dennis. And Richard. And yes, we are looking at the brand new Codex Space Marines, which has been provided to us for preview by Games Workshop. Thank you very much, Games Workshop, uh, in exchange for an honest and fair review. And uh, we're going to be getting right into it, because uh, I... like. Uh, news and new releases i will say again we don't really do news and new releases but there's a couple things we did want to touch on uh first off we mentioned last week or we mentioned last episode that uh, the tyranids codex was basically blocking <laughs> like you could no longer access tyranid rules in the app unless you had the codex and i did have to add an editor's note because between the time we recorded that and the time we released that episode they also pulled the uh tyranid index off of the website so there's now no way to get tyranid rules other than the combat patrol off of the the download section so now we know what it means when they say the codex has replaced the index that means the index just goes away (laughs) Including the units that aren't in the codex that were in the index. Yep. So, uh, for those of you playing at home, uh, if you are interested in Space Marines, especially some of the units that got squatted from the Space Marines, because there's actually quite a few, uh, download that index now. Um, Because, uh, yeah, you will not have access to it. And given that... uh, we don't know, like, well, we do know because when you are hearing this, the Space Marine Codex will have gone up for pre-order. So it will be a two-week pre-order window. The Codex will be released on October 14th. That means there's a non-zero chance that in that two-week period, you may not have access to Space Marine rules on the app. We don't know exactly when they're going to phase those out. <laughs> so I would grab the PDFs if you don't have them yet. Uh, if you have been using the app as your primary source of rules, stop that because it is not... I hate to say that. And I like I, I thanked Games Workshop for lending us, you know, for giving us a copy of the Codex to look at, but I'm going to boo Games Workshop for taking away a way, f- a method that people like to use to access their rules. So just side comment, you mentioned squatting, you know, to get rid of old units. And I don't think that's appropriate anymore since how <laughs> Leagues of Votan are back. So I'm going to start a motion to start calling it zoting. Zoting? Oh, Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, but see, they did release a zote model a while back. Right. Yeah, but they haven't so come back as a full army. They haven't come and back as a full army yet. Technically, so the squats didn't come back. It's the Votan, not the squats. So they also, still... Well, they brought squats back for Necromunda. Okay, to be that's fair. fair. Squat, 
Yeah, it's the squat prospectors, which, I mean, squat's a pejorative term, so maybe it shouldn't be using it anyway, but... <laughs> Whoa, that is our word. <laughs> the thing I will toss out here that I have a slight concern is I don't think the units that have been retired from, like, Tyranids made it into the Legends downloads, and so I'm, I'm concerned that the ones from the Space Marines won't make it to Legends. And watch, now that I've said that in the time before where this goes out, GW will put all these units in Legends. I hope so. I hope they do. Like, that That yeah, seems like the way appropriate you can keep thing. the rules. Yeah. yeah. There is a Legends Tyranids. It was updated on August oh, 24th. Did? Okay, cool. Uh, it has the Dimer Carrion, Sky Slasher Swarms, Malanthrope. Oh, it's mostly just the Imperial Armor stuff. That's not Legends. Um... A lot of their Imperial Armor stuff got legend did. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's Yeah. I, that's the old one because that's from before the that's from before the chaos the, the codex anyway. Eight twenty four. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So no, we those units are just gone. They are lost to the ether. Uh, that that that's my biggest concern. Is is if you're going to remove them, please I mean, I don't mm-hmm. I mean I have some of the units, but please move them to a legends page so that way people can still have rules for them for sure um so i will say let's see mostly the legend still appears for space marine still appears to be uh well there's there's some I- imperial armor stuff but there's some stuff like what the land raider the like land Ra- venerable land raider the land speeder tempest Apothecary right. on bike, like a lot of people on but, bikes, but none of, none of the stuff that has been removed in this book. Yeah. So that'll probably right. we'll probably see that happen if it does happen when the uh, codex drops. But yeah, that's I'm con- my I- concern because the Tyranid one when they were lost, I didn't see their model get put over there. Yeah, I think that's a fair concern. So. Yeah, spoilers, there's a lot of stuff that got dropped from this one. So, yeah, if you want the rules for those, grab them now, because you may not have them soon. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about briefly is that we are starting to see the first results of the post-data slate environment. We had uh, the Meta Monday from this week, and uh, hey, Drukari won a tournament. Nice. They're actually not bad. Um, yeah, it's like uh, the weekend tournament wins for events that they tracked. One Eldari, two Tau, one Chaos Space Marine, a Dark Angels using the Dark Angels Index, not the Gladius, a Leagues of Votan, Space Marines, Astra Militarum, Chaos Knights, Drukari, Thousand Suns, and Necrons. Okay, that's a wide variety. That is a wide variety. Eldari's only rocking a 57% win rate over the week- over that weekend, so that's this is awesome. much better. Yeah. Yeah. Strangely enough, the two highest win rates were Sisters of Battle and World Eaters. Those are probably outliers because <laughs> there's 12 players between the two factions. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show if you get the right matchups and, and things, you can pull out a win. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, things, players, you know, good players in this game can win with bad armies, and you can still win with good matchups and things. But yeah, it's. That's why I like looking at like what GW puts out because they're tracking hundreds of events and, you know, all of these matches from a bunch of players at different skill levels. When you get a big enough sample, you're like, okay, yeah, a 70% win rate for a faction probably isn't good. You know, that, that means there's some issues. 
<laughs> yeah. Lowest win rate went to Adeptus Custodes at 38%. Whew, that's, no, a, no, that's a drop. <laughs> no, my take on that is... What's that? All the meta people that were on Custodes left, and all just the people left are the faithful Custodes players who might yeah, not be they, as good. There, yeah, there were yeah. 22 players uh, with uh, 42 wins and 110 losses. So, yeah, those are the diehards... And uh, looks like a lot of people jumped to Necrons for a 44% win rate, like 43 players on Necrons. And yeah, not not great. (laughs) Yeah, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, Necrons are going to be great now. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Maybe they're going to figure it out. (laughs) It's one of those things like they're good in the right hands, but maybe not overall. Um, Yeah. And I think a lot of factions are that way. I think there's a lot of subtlety to some of these factions and the way this game is played. Yeah. But what this is saying to me is any faction can be good now, it really looks like. And so play what you want. And uh, now, granted, this is one week's worth of data, only 454 players. So this is, you know, very preliminary, but it's a far different field than uh, what we saw before. And uh, to put it into contrast right now as we speak flying monkey the flying monkey gt which did get approved to be a warhammer world qualifier oh nice i was watching their i was kind of keeping an eye on their results so as of right now the top let's see the undefeateds which there are looks like there are seven undefeateds after round four uh eldari uh, Chaos Space Marines, Black Templars, Eldari, Astra Militarum, Imperial Knights, and Tau. Wow, that's a variety. Yeah. And and one of the Eldari who's ranked highest is Ben Sherwin, who's a fantastic <laughs> player. So it's like, yeah. It doesn't matter that, what p- faction he picks. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's, yeah. He's, he's an excellent, excellent player. So, yeah. And really, his army is, you know, we mentioned that Eldari didn't really get hit all like they got hit a lot less hard than we expected. The list is an Autark Wayleaper, Illic Night Spear, Solitaire, the Incarn, three oh, Fire gosh, Prisms, Solitaire. a Night Spinner, uh, two units of Shadow Specters, a unit of Swooping Hawks, <laughs> a Bright Lance Warwalker, and two units of Warp Spiders. I mean, that's the same. All the kind stuff that of, got hit. Yeah, it's the Metal List. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the same old Metal List, and he's still it's cleaning just less up of with it. it. It's less of it, but not yeah. apparently not that much less. And then the other one is like an actual like Inari list that has um, Drukari mixed in. I, I will say here, it, does the second list also have the Solitaire? Uh, no, it has okay. the Far- Farseer, Skyrunner, Illic Nightspear, and Ivrain. Okay. Not the Incarn. Does not have any Fire Prisms. It has a Night Spinner, Rangers, two Skyweavers, Striking Scorpions, war- two Warp Spiders... Two Beast Masters with Clawed Fiends, Chimera, oh, and wow. Razor Wings. Unit of Cabalite Warriors with a Blaster, and a second one or with a... Yeah, it looks like a... Or the Sybarite has a Blaster, and then a Dark Lance and a Shredder in the unit. Um, Mandrakes, a Raider, three Ravagers, another unit that got hit with point increases, and a unit of Scourges. That feels very Dark eldar <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's that one's more dark Eldar with a little Eldar thrown in to become Yunar. Right. But we're seeing just like that's already a much better diversity. Yeah, much better diversity. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. We have our. It, I guess fourth round is just finishing up because now ah. we've had an update. The top eight Breaking now news. includes now includes Ultramarines, a, a, a Space Marine player in second. So it's wow. Who it's Howard Watts, who I played at Show Me Showdown. He's a fantastic Ultramarines player. So so yeah, uh, that's your top eight. Is there's only one repeat faction? It is Eldari, but. It's Eldari being piloted by fantastic, uh, you know, like by a couple of fantastic players. So, no, I, I I'm just impressed seeing like seven out of eight different factions. To me, is is wonderful. It's much and better. The, than two the two Eldari three. lists are very different. So yes. that's also very that's much healthier. Yes. So as much as I was kind of down on some of the potential changes, and is is like hitting things with points enough uh, apparently because it's really shuffled up the the format and we're seeing a lot more diversity in the top top tables so yeah. I'm uh, sisters are still kind of in a weird spot pay no attention to the 64% weekend win rate but uh, that was five players that's, that's yeah, yeah that, that's an outlier <laughs> you need to get like 30 on there <laughs> right no I, I will agree with you with sisters I I Maybe I'll try them out a little bit more next year, but this year I'm going to focus on mostly like Votan, especially for the grand narrative. But yeah, they, I still don't see them having the tools to deal with other armies. So their only path to victory I see is trying to play secondaries and just board control. And I think, I still think it's going to be hard for them to do that when, if they keep dying and toughness three is easy to die. It is, it is. Yeah, it'll be what will be interesting to also see is how other factions dropping may and changing up like what people are taking may adjust that because I think that's the other thing we have to take into account is it's not just a matter, you know, kind of like how they say it's a zero sum game, but also as codexes come out and multiple play styles become viable, the things that sisters are bad against may kind of like maybe people don't go as vehicle heavy in some factions, some may. And so that that helps sisters because then that kind of you know, they have a better chance at more favorable matchups. So it'll be interesting to see what happens then. But uh, we are not here to talk about sisters. We are not here to talk about uh, <laughs> well. We are here to talk. Yeah, we're not here to talk about photon. We're here to talk about space marines. And I don't think with space marines we really need to get into the fluff of what is a space marine because it is. You know the the well established poster boy of the entire 40k property. You know genetically modified super soldiers in power armor. What truly is a space marine in this nine hour podcast? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, boy, got movies. They got video games. I mean, the, the, yeah, the video games coming out soon too. Yes, it, it is, is. And, it, uh, and it looks like Tyranids are, are are one of two major enemies you fight in the game. Apparently, the other one is Thousand Suns. Okay, complete with like Scarab occult Terminators and things like that. Ugh, <laughs> I like it. Sounds rough. If if you are unaware, uh, like we said, Space Marines are genetically modified. Uh, super soldiers, they were developed in the early days of the Imperium to basically act as the Imperium's crusading forces that would go out and reconquer the galaxy for humanity. Uh, mistakes were made, bad things happened, and half of them went bad. This is not a review about them. This is a review about the ones that stayed good. 
The Emperor is a bad dad. The Emperor is a very (laughs) bad dad. And his children need a codex. Oh, sorry. Well, (laughs) one of his kids decided that all the other kids needed a set of rules to to follow to make Uh. sure that this would never happen again. Narc. (laughs) (sighs) Which is why, instead of having nine at the time legions of space marines numbering in their thousands there there would instead be chapters of a thousand marine or what yeah it's a thousand marines each because it's like a hundred per company and ten companies so a thousand each although how closely some marines hew to that is (laughs) it's it's more guidelines really (laughs) a thousand's a perfect number because it's just big enough that it doesn't really matter that you can actually make it bigger or smaller and be like, yeah, it's still fluff appropriate. So, sure. <laughs> and I have yet to see over a thousand Space Marines on the tabletop in a single game. Uh, not Some Apocalypse sing- games. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, eh, I don't know. I've seen some big Apocalypse games at LVO. <laughs> okay. Well, do they actually put all the markings on their shoulders and stuff? Because I love I when they put look- that type of thing I didn't on look the, back in the game. books. Yeah, I didn't look that closely. I was more focused on the big titans. <laughs> Fair. And uh, we've definitely seen in the last couple of editions, so about the last six years of the game or so, uh, there was a a new class of Marines introduced, the Primaris Marines, which were basically taking the Emperor's plans and improving upon the design Uh over the last 10,000 years and then suddenly releasing all of them that had been kept in, I guess, hibernation stasis by Belsarius call. Uh, and so for, for the last several years, there's been kind of a rift in the space Marine fan base between people who kind of dig the idea of more advanced, better proportioned space Marine models. And the people who are like, no, Primaris is just a cra- cash grab. It's firstborn for me all day, every day. And uh, this codex has done something interesting in that it has eliminated that difference, yeah. more or less. I mean, there are still units that would be based on Primaris Marines, but I don't think anybody really even has the Primaris keyword anymore. Honestly, this is probably how it should have been from the get-go, but whatever. <laughs> no, right. that, I, ship I will is, agree that ship has long sailed. <laughs> I'll agree with Kevin there because... Um, I like the Firstborn because I have a bunch, of, but mine are all Space Wolves, so that's also something slightly different. We'll see how much of them get removed. But especially for all the new stuff that's coming in, I because I've started picking up Dark Angels this year, and it's I've been pretty much getting Primaris for everything, and it's it's kind of nice to see the sizes. And I'll I still shudder a little. I love the Dark Angel um, Command Squad and the Knights and their 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 Terminator models. But when you put them next to the newer Terminator models, you can easily see the size difference. And the newer models just look so much better because of that being bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm kind of glad they did it this way. And I don't know. I, in my mind, I still would have loved to have the fluff thing of a rift between the Firstborn and the Primaris. Yeah. But I think this works out better because, well, they have other Xenos threats that they have to deal with, mostly Tyranids right now. So, yeah, they come in and a space marine's a space marine. They might, some of them yeah. might be a little smaller. Some might be taller. 
<laughs> well, ever since they they changed the rules, what in ninth edition to like make it where you know do the balance update where they're you know all two wounds and all the same stat yeah. lines. Honestly, that that's the point where it's like okay, there's no difference here. Like, and and there never should have been because having you know Primaris Marines being twice as tough was was weird. It's like they're Space Marines; they're still superhuman soldiers. Let the models stand like on their own, like. I think enough people would have chosen to to go with the new models, especially if you stop selling the old ones, because like they do look better, like they're nice yeah. models, but like uh, it it felt weird to like cre- basically create two separate codexes worth of entries for everything. Yes, and I'm really glad that that seems to be going away. This codex is still overstuffed. But- <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Is this space marines already are large enough? Doubling their yeah. size is just crazy. But, but this this feels like I, I, I've. I mean, I, I think I've been kind of the outlier on this. I've been like, yeah, they should have moved more stuff to legends at the beginning of the edition. So, like, I get why they're doing it, why they're using this opportunity to start cutting stuff, and I think that's a good thing. I think there's more stuff I would have cut, but that's also just me. <laughs> I mean, right. I have my slight concern for a different faction that I'll bring up here is as Space Marines did this, they kind of went up in base size. And I've seen like when Eldar get new units, they go up in base size. I am mm-hmm. scared to death that when the Eldar get their codex, that they're going to have a bunch of new models and I'm going to have to rebase everything. That's my fear. Yeah. No, I think that's, that gets fair. I mean... We're getting at this point, like, human size models are starting to come on 32 mil bases. So I'm like, ah, uh, no. Oh, I, those- I thought you were going to say they're going to make models that are human sized. <laughs> no, I mean, like, like there are, you know. The Imperator are- Titan. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but no, like, there, there are, like, it's it's kind of, I mean, the, the size creep's been a whole interesting thing. But um, yeah, like, I think it's fine to move Space Marines up to 32 mil bases. Like, that makes sense. But, like, you're starting to see more things on 28 mil bases and 32. And, like, I don't need to see like assassins on 32 mil bases. Like just, I don't know. It, it's a pet peeve of mine. It seems like everything in the game is getting bigger, which, you know, if they correspondingly make, you know, points go up and make the game smaller, that's fine. But they're not doing that. They're lowering points and making the game bigger. Right. <sighs> Anywho, whole different. And making different the tables smaller, making the table size smaller too. It's right. supposed to help melee units, right? No. I mean... Yeah, how's that working for him? Mm, okay-ish. <laughs> okay-ish. Um, I will point out there is like 90 pages of fluff and photography in this book. Uh, pages like well, 6 through 89 are the fluff. Like 6 through 67 is the fluff. 68 through 89 is the photo showcase. Uh, we get like about ten pages of combat patrol, and then uh, like ninety-one pages of rules. Yeah. Seventy. One th- which are data sheets. <laughs> one thing I'm going to toss about about the fluff, though, is they actually do go into all of the major Space Marine legions. Yeah. They do chapters. They do a good. I mean, a good e- job. Even the ones that will eventually get their own codexes: Space Wolves, Dark Angels, Blood Angels. Um, it's nice to see that they had a good representation here. Or at least as much representation of, of any other chapter. Agreed. And I also really appreciate something we didn't see in the NIDS Codex, which is 
a focus on all the other other possible in this case you know color schemes i.e successor mm-hmm. chapters but actually showing all of like several pages of them is really good for giving people ideas of how how you can paint your own army and it doesn't even like you can play like white scars and you don't have to do white at all you can have a mm-hmm. blue dark you know white scars army and they've you know been very clear that they don't want the rules tied to how your army is painted right yeah they they said i could have a jet or not a jet bike but a bike Dark Angels, well, actually, the Raven Wing. Um, I could have like a Devastator based or Flamer based Dark Angels, and that's still valid. Yes. I I do like that in general, like the detachments that we're going to get into. Like, yes, they represent what like each chapter is kind of best at, but they're not locked into that. It's not locked to a specific chapter. You don't have to paint your Marines yellow to be able to do siege stuff. It's like, no, paint them whatever you want and then use this detachment, which kind of flavors your army that way. I think that opens the army back up. It lets them still play narratively, but it opens it back up to being able to make the army your own and do cool, interesting things. And I think that's why it was very important for them to show all of the different pictures and and successor chapters and stuff like that in here. So good on you. I'm glad they spent the time, the pages doing that. Yeah, no, I really do appreciate that. And yeah, even in the photography section, they have photos for dark angels, photos for blood angels, you know, Space Wolves, Black Templars. It is nice to see that reflected in here, even if there are no specific rules for those factions. But Games Workshop also clarified on uh, Warhammer Community that any Adeptus Astartes army can use any of the detachments and units in here. So uh, we don't know what those supplemental codexes are going to look like until early next year when Dark Angels comes out. They'll be pretty. Uh, yeah, it well it'll it'll be pretty, but I'm curious to see if it's going to just be the the rules and units, like if it's gonna be a very slim book the way they've been in the past, where it's just the stuff that lays on top of Space Marines rather than I'm, reprinting everything. I'm gonna assume it is, and what I'm assuming as well right now would be they'll keep their Grim Resolved attachment, but they'll also get one other one, at least for like Dark Angels. And then they'll have like so many they can pick. Yeah, I yeah, that's because there's a couple of detachments in here that fit like Ravenwing and Deathwing that like you could use without having to have a Dark Angel specific version. But at the same time, maybe they'll make a Dark Angel specific version with slightly different rules and stratagems. So we just we don't know yet. But and I mean, I still like like given the choice between Gladius and the Unforgiven one, which they've got now. I'm still using Unforgiven. I mean, part of it's because I'm playing against Tyranids and I hate failing all those Battleshock tests they're making me do. <laughs> and being able to still be OC positive has made a difference. But some of these Space Marine detachments, when we get to them, might change my mind on what I I, I pick. Well then, let's let's go ahead and dig into the army rules. Um, I don't think we we don't necessarily need to get into the combat patrol rules. I believe those are pretty much the same as the free downloads anyway. Well, there's something and, about the combat patrol rules that are interesting. What the fact that they've been reflected in the main rules? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing I was going to bring up. Uh, is that there is a major change to Space Marines in this codex, and that is the Oath of Moment rule. Now, in, in the index days, i.e., the days everyone's been playing up until now, 
Oath of Moments said you basically, at the start of your command phase, you pick an enemy unit, and everything in your army that's Adeptus Astartes rerolls hits and wounds against that target. And something we've brought up in the past is that in Combat Patrol... You could not. You didn't reroll wounds. You only re rolled hits. Well, the combat patrol rules turned out to be the correct ones because uh, <laughs> Oath of Moment has lost the rerolling of wounds, which is not an insignificant nerf to Space Marines. No, it's a major nerf. Which makes me wonder: Was the rerolling wounds a mistake that they had in the indexes, and they just didn't want to bother fixing it? Or, like, well, I'm not exactly sure what happened there, because it we can't even say it's a balance thing, because Space Marines, A, were firmly middle of the pack, and B, this would have been written before any of the, like, this codex would have been written before any of the balance issues came up. So, right. it implies that it was always intended to be this, which then makes the index seem particularly weird. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't get it. But I don't know. <laughs> I I will say I do like the fact that it, it matches the combat patrol, so someone just getting into Space Marines tries out combat patrol and then they can jump right into here and Exactly. It's no different. Yeah. I mean I, that's good. I guess if I want to be conspiratorial about this, I would say it's because they know that people are gonna buy the starter box and play Space Marines for a few months. So they wanted to give them better rules, at least initially, and then make it more balanced in the codex, but I don't know. (laughs) The world will never know. Yeah. And so moving on to the individual detachments, uh, there are actually seven in the, in the book. Uh, They get one more than Tyranid's got. And uh, the first one is, and six of them, the first six are representative of particular chapters uh, so, for example, the Gladius Task Force, the one from the Index that everyone is familiar with, would be the more representative of the Ultramarines, since they are like the the bog standard, this is how a Space Marine fights, we follow the Codex very closely. Um, and if you are familiar at all with the Gladius Task Force, and you are familiar with the Index, it has not changed a bit. Everything in here is exactly the same. Uh, you do still are able to select a combat doctrine uh, at the start of your command phase, and you can have each one f- once a battle, and it affects all your Astartes units for a turn, which could be Devastator, shoot in a turn in which you advance, Tactical, shoot and declare a charge in a turn in which you fell back, and Assault Doctrine, declare a, tr- a charge in a turn in which it, it advanced. And that's a very powerful ability. Like, being able to mm-hmm. give your units that, it can absolutely swing a turn. Uh, Another interesting thing I will note before we get into all the rest of the detachments is while each detachment has six stratagems, which is pretty standard, in all the other detachments, I'm only going to have to talk about five because all of them have Armor of Contempt. I like that. The question is, is Armor of Contempt the same type? I believe it is a battle tactic in all of them. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, Yeah, it's battle tactic for all of them. Yeah, so it is one that they can reduce the cost on and use multiple times. And yeah, and Gladius Tax Force does yeah, does have three uh, battle tactic strats, uh, Armor of Contempt, Honor the Chapter, which allows your melee weapons to have Lance. And if you're under Assault Doctrine, improves their AP by one. 
Uh, and then uh, Storm of Fire, which uh, gives your weapons, ignores cover, and if you're in Devastator Doctrine, uh, improve the AP by one. You know, d- they get better based on which doctrine you're in. They are battle tactics. However, the one that is tied to uh, the tactical doctrine, uh, squad tactics, is a strategic ploy, so will not be reducible or reusable. Yeah, uh, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, their war, uh, their enhancements. You have the uh, artificer armor, which gives a two up save, five up feel no pain, and then the other three are all like give you better bonuses again based on particular doctrines. So like you've got ar- the honor vehement, which adds one to your attacks and strength, but adds two to the attacks of strength instead if you're an assault doctrine. Adept of the codex, uh, which. Uh, lets you um, instead of selecting a combat doctrine to be active for your army, you can select the uh, tactical doctrine. Then uh, the tactical doctrine is available for that unit, so it lets you basically ha- let a unit have three turns of tactical doctrine instead of one. And then uh, fire discipline, which I think used to be called bolter drill. So I think that that's more than na- the name changed, but the rule is the same. Gives you sustained hits one and crits on five if you're in Devastator Doctrine. That was the one that was abused quite a bit by uh, Death Watch when they were yes, mm-hmm. yes, or, I got my or card de- out. and Desolators. Yeah, it was called Bolter Discipline. Yes, so it is now Fire Discipline because it's not specific to Bolters. But other than that name change, it is functionally identical. So, uh, if you are if you have been playing Space Marines or playing against Space Marines up until this point, this is the detachment you've been playing against, and it is easily the most flexible. It lets you kind of build anything, be good with anything, tailor your your moments of play to how you kind of need your units to move and shoot. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the Gladius Task Force, and to the point where other Marine factions have been using the Gladius Task Force instead of their own in many cases. Especially like Space Wolves and Blood Angels tend to not lean into their faction ones and tend to lean towards Gladius. I know, I'm the outlier who still likes my faction ones, but then again, when I play Space Wolves, I want to play with a bunch of heroes. So. Right, and I like <laughs> I like the Blood Angels one because I want to get into Assault, that's kind of what they do, and I will say I don't think any of these per- except perhaps the last one really lend themselves all that much to assault. Most of these are more shooting-based detachments. There's a couple that have some assaultish abilities, but most of them don't lean into it very much. Uh, perfect examples are next one, the Anvil Siege Force. If you like Imperial Fists and Heavy Bolters, this is the the, the detachment for you. Ranged weapons in this detachment have heavy. If they were already heavy, then they uh, add one to the wound roll if you remain stationary. And that is going to really set the theme for this detachment. This detachment (laughs) does not really want to move all that much. Yeah, but just think of the power of the weapons then. Because, I mean, even the ones we were complaining, oh, that's only strength 8, 9. Well, 9 to 10, especially the 9 to 10s would make a difference. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, this one is is definitely focused on those heavier units. So, um, again, we have Armor of Contempt. Uh, our other strats are Rigid Discipline, which lets you have a unit fa- immediately fall back six inches when they're in engagement range of one or more enemy units at the oh, end of gosh. the fight phase. Nice. But you must either... Next turn, they don't move. 
<laughs> yeah, except for the fact that uh, when making your move, you must either end wholly within your deployment zone or within range of objective marker. Which means it's very good for defending an objective marker. Otherwise, but you can't just use it out in the middle of the table. Uh, that doesn't seem like what this detachment's going for. No, it doesn't. <laughs> right. Now, this one is definitely kind of a, a more defensive, holding the line kind of force. Uh, we get a strat uh, called Not One Backward Step. Uh, during your command phase, you target an infantry unit from within your army, within range of an objective marker, double their OC, but they must remain stationary, which, again, this army okay. wants to do. <laughs> uh, no threat too great. Uh, uh, and this is our first battle tactic that is an armor of contempt for two CP, so it's an expensive Ooh. one. Uh, an Adeptus Astartes unit from your army that has not been selected to shoot in the shooting phase... You can re-roll wound rolls against monsters and vehicles. Okay, that's solid. That is very solid, and it is not limited to infantry. It could be on a vehicle. So if you've got <sighs> a, uh, like a gladiator lancer though. or something like that. Two is expensive, agreed. We've got Battle Drill Recall, also a battle tactic. For one CP, uh, you choose an Adeptus Astartes that hasn't been selected to shoot in the shooting phase. Uh, your ranged weapons get uh, sustained hits one. If you remain stationary, then you also crit on fives. This is basically the Devastator Doctrine stratagem, but keyed more towards remaining stationary rather than being in a Doctrine, which you don't have Doctrines in this detachment. But it's functionally identical. And then Hail of Vengeance. Uh, during your opponent shooting phase, just after an enemy is resolved for its attacks... Uh, if one of your units had a model destroyed as a result of the attacking unit's attacks, you can shoot back, but you can only shoot the unit that shot you. That one, that one's kind of neat. It is also expensive at 2 CP and is a strategic ploy, so there's no way to change the cost on it. Um, you get uh, an enhancement that uh, for Gravis models, so if you have a, like a captain in, a, in Gravis armor, uh, when he dies, you can Celestine him. <laughs> nice. Rolled, yeah, on a two-up, gets set back as close to possible where it was, not with an engagement range, and with full wounds remaining. So, yeah, just get right back up. Uh, Fleet Commander gives you a, a orbital bombardment, effectively. <laughs> Once per battle, the start of the shooting phase, you pick a point on the table, another point within 12 inches, uh, draw a line between them. Every unit that line passes over or through on a three-up takes uh, D3 mortal wounds. <laughs> You know, you didn't have to have them draw a line. You could just get a 12-inch template. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what those are. Never, it does never, specify never seen those. <laughs> and it does specify it is a straight line between the center of each of those markers. It's a little unclear on whether the model, when it says it has to pass over a unit or through a unit, if it... Like, can you, like, if you accidentally thread the needle and don't touch any models, but you cross oh, over the space of coherence. So that one's going to, they'll probably want an FAQ that one if it's not already <laughs> in the uh, rules commentary. In my mind, if it goes over coherence, it goes over the unit. I would be my thinking, <laughs> but it, it wouldn't be hard to position it to just, like, tow over a unit, so, you know, a model in the unit, yeah. so... Um, Stoic Defender gives, uh, while the 
bears leading a unit, you models in that unit have feel no pain six up while they're uh, within range of a combat uh, w- within range of an objective marker you control, and while the unit is battle shocked, have the objective control of models in that unit instead of changing it to zero. Okay. Yeah, if you don't like dealing with uh, battle shock, just kind of ignore half of it. Yeah, which if you have OC one, you'll still be OC one. Yep. Uh, and then Architect of War, um, while bearers leading unit ranged weapons equipped by models in this in that unit have ignores cover. So useful again. Yeah, this is just again this is standing your ground shooting. This one wants to be running like heavy intercessors, uh, aggressors, things like that, like bolter aggressors, uh, stuff that's going to be uh, resilient. Um, you are pro- like you're gonna need to have some mobility added to this because otherwise this army is not gonna. This is not a board control army. It's this is a mm-hmm. deployment zone Castle. control army. Yeah, <laughs> which how good that's gonna be. But yeah, like I said, you just have to make sure to have some component, some other components of the army that can actually get to objectives and take them. Either Terminators, Deep Striking, or Outrider Bikes or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think Deep Striking Terminators would be a really solid one for this. Next up, we're moving over to the Iron Hands with the Iron Storm Spearhead. Uh, this one is all focused on vehicles. Uh, very with a little, like a little bit of other like resilient stuff thrown in, but primarily this is focused on vehicles. Although the detachment rule is kind of good for everyone. Uh, once per phase for each unit in this army, you can re-roll one hit roll, one wound roll, or one damage roll made for a model in that unit. So, Which, so one hit, one wound, and one damage each phase? Each phase, one hit, wound, or damage. So you can oh, do okay. one of the three every phase for one model in a unit. In for each. Okay. Because right. when I first heard that, I'm like, wait, that's better than the Eldars. But okay. So it, you just it pick is, one. Yeah, you pick one. So it's not quite as strong as the Eldar one, but <clears> we already do know that that is still a very strong ability, having just those right. rerolls thrown in for well, free. And also being able to reroll damage if you've already know you've got like a two up to hit and you, you're wounding on threes and you've made both yeah. those. Well, then your damage. Oh, I rolled a one. Oh, I can try again. Exactly. Uh, your strats in this one, you've they actually have. Let's see, they've got three battle tactics. One of which is armor of contempt. Again, we don't need to retread that ground. But we also have unbowed conviction. Uh, which in the command phase, you choose an Astartes unit that is below starting strength. And until the end of the turn, you can ignore any or all modifiers to your characteristics, except saving throws. So no penalties, which uh, very good for a vehicle that might be bracketed, although it's not limited to a bracketed vehicle. Can ignore stealth that way. Yep. Uh, yeah, you can ignore stealth. You can ignore anything that an opponent might add, you know, might apply to you. Uh, you have Mercy is Weakness. When you're shooting or fight phase, uh, you target an Adept Astartes unit that has not been yet selected to shoot or fight. Until the end of the phase, each time a model in your army makes an attack that targets a unit that is below starting strength, the attack gains sustained hits one. And when making such an attack, if the attacking model is a vehicle, uh, five ups are critical hits. So this is their sustained hits one, and it gets better against a wounded adversary and even better yet if you're a vehicle doing it okay um vengeful animus 
Uh, any phase just after an Adeptus Astartes vehicle model from your army with deadly demise ability is destroyed, you don't roll to see if it explodes. It auto-explodes. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I do like the auto-explodes ones. Auto-explodes are always fun. Um, Ancient Fury. Uh, this one applies to Adeptus Astartes walkers, i.e. your dreadnoughts, or Invictor warsuits, but primarily dreadnoughts. Um, what in your command phase until the start of your next command phase improve the model's move toughness save leadership and objective control characteristics by one and add one to all their hit rolls that one is solid useful <laughs> very useful uh, and then power of machine spirit your opponent's shooting phase just after an enemy unit has resolved its attacks um if one of your vehicles is reduced to below half strength as a result of the unit's attacks, uh, you can shoot back. So if your vehicle gets wounded uh, severely, you can fight back. Okay. Uh, their enhancements, they have a tech marine only enhancement that uh, gives vehicles within six inches lethal hits. Yeah, the flesh is weak, gives your Adeptus Astartes model a four up feel no pain. Uh, another Tech Marine-specific one, Adept of the Omnissiah, uh, uh, once, ba- once per battle round, you can zero out the damage applied to <laughs> a vehicle within six inches. I love those. And uh, Master of Machine War, uh, when a friendly uh, Astartes vehicle unit is within six inches of the bearer, the vehicle can shoot even if it fell back or advanced. Okay. Which does mean you have to keep up with the vehicle to really apply it. I don't think you can be in the vehicle because there always right. go go away if you're. So you've got to be on foot and keeping up with the vehicle, but it might work. I think it'd be particularly good for um, like dreadnoughts, which aren't going to be as fast as like repulsor vehicles. But th- this is definitely like this really feels like the dreadnought detachment. Or just, yeah, vehicles in general, especially dreadnoughts, yeah. Yeah. It is a far cry from the old Iron Hands where they basically abused the Devastator Doctrine rules, you know, back in, yeah. like, 8th edition. It is not that, so I'm glad to see that. I th- It definitely leans into a particular play style. You don't have to be Iron Hands to take advantage of it. All right, but the it- thought that came to my mind is Bjorn and a bunch of dreadnought buddies. Yeah, from- yeah. So- now that would that would actually be a really solid way to do that list too. Uh, next up, if you like salamanders and flamers and melter weapons, then uh, the force they've uh, put together for you is the Firestorm Assault Force. Ranged weapons equipped by Adeptus Astartes models from your army have the assault ability, and each time an attack made with such weapon targets a unit within 12 inches, which, strangely enough, happens to be the, melt- the range of Melton Flamer weapons, add one to the strength characteristic of that attack. So you'd have strength 5 Flamers and strength 10 Meltaguns. You'd also have, does it say it has to be a Flamer or anything, or just your weapon? It's just the weapon. So, hey, take your bolter, suddenly yep. strength five bolter. Strength and five, if yeah, you're, you're within 12 inches, yeah. And I'm thinking blood angels, hey, I can go forward, and if I'm not close to people, advance, and I can still shoot because it's assault. Yeah. It is, yeah. It it it, it does do that. I, this one, I looked at it because I kept trying to find, like, which is the one that would let me do, you know, that feels the most blood angel-y. This one is kind of there if you like using like hand flamers and infernus pistols and things like that. 
but it's still it doesn't have the melee components. Right. It's it's half of what you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. We've got crucible battle during your shooting or fighting phase. This is also a battle tactic. Uh, you, you know, select an infantry unit that has not been selected to shoot or fight. And uh, each until the end of the phase, uh, if you target the closest elves will target within six inches, add one to the wound roll. Which that is going to stack with the plus one strength on the attacks. So, yeah, if you're going to get up and up close and personal, that is a pretty solid one to have. We've got rapid embarkation, which uh, we've got a couple in here that are tied to using transports. So they definitely want you to roll forward, pop out, flame someone in the face, or pop flame someone in the face, and in this case, pop back into the transport for a CP. Um, at the end of the fight phase, if there's a transport, if well, if you are wholly within six inches of a transport with an infantry unit, uh, they can just immediately get into the transport. Nice. I mean, I still really like that because I'm still thinking of my Eldar older days where, hey, you'd send out your wave serpent, have the fire dragons get out, blow something up, and then they're dead before they can get in the transport and go away. So this is great for those, hey, pop out, uh, destroy you- something. You can't do it if you disembark from a transport this time. Ah, oh, okay. No, so it, 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 uh, you cannot do the pop out, shoot, pop back in. You can't quite do that, but you can pop in at the end of the fight phase. So not bad if you've either cleared out a unit or if you've like rolled up last turn right. and popped out, or if you popped out of the a transport and then shoot and then get back into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you so could, it could yeah. still be a, a pickup maneuver of, like you said, pop out to get them hiding and then something, go ambush something, even though they don't know you're coming then. And then next turn, or if something's, if they're on foot to start with, have a vehicle go by that's already let people out and pick them up and then go to the next target. Right. So yeah, it, movement helping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, immolation protocols. Uh, basically, in your shooting phase, pick a unit. Uh, torrent weapons, so your flamers, have devastating wounds. Oh, nice. Yeah, that one. That one's not bad. Um, and considering that mortal saves do not protect you from devastating wounds anymore. Yep. Um, yeah, that one's... It costs two CP. It should. And it's a battle yeah. tactic. <laughs> oh, ouch. Which means the captain <laughs> can let you do it a second time for free. I like it. I mean, probably uh, not used against me, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, you've got Onslaught of Fire. Uh, again, this is a transport-related one. Um, you have a unit that disembarked from a transport and hasn't been uh, selected to shoot yet this phase. Until the end of the phase, each time a model in your unit makes a range attack that targets the closest eligible unit within 12 inches, add one to the hit roll. And uh, if any of mo- enemy models are destroyed, they must make a battle shock test. So get up, flame some, you know, flame some guys at, or shoot them. You want the plus one to hit, but kill somebody. And then they have to be, then they are potentially battle shocked. Uh, and then finally, uh, burning vengeance. Uh, if one of your transports uh, gets targeted by a shooting attack, uh, a unit embarked within the transport can disembark and shoot at the unit that shot at their <laughs> transport. So this is the one that you are going. This is going to be a mechanized force that you want. You know, to get the most out of this detachment, you want to have people in transports with short range weapons who can pop out, burn people in the face, and then get back in. 
Uh, their enhancements, Champion of Humanity, Tacticus Models Only. That's a keyword they added in the index that is not Primaris, but kind of Primaris, wink. Because <laughs> it tends to apply to things like Intercessors and formerly Primaris Captains and things like that. Uh, while the bear is leading unit, models in that unit ignore any or all modifiers to their characteristics, excluding modifiers to, to saving throws. Um, War-tempered artifice. This is the one that does feel, you know, a melee-ish. Uh, infantry, uh, for infantry models only, add three to the strength characteristic of the bear's melee weapons. That one's not bad. Forged in battle uh, once per turn while you're leading a unit. Uh, you when you make a after make after making a hit roll or saving throw for a model in that unit, you can change the result to a roll of six. Okay, right. and that's just once once per turn, not once per game, just once per turn. And then adamantine mat, and that's once per turn, not per round. So you can get a hit a six for a hit roll on your turn and a six for a save on your opponent's turn. And then adamantine mantle, mantle uh, reduces all incoming damage by one, unless it was from a melta or torrent weapon, in which case it reduces it to one. Which most flamers are only going to be one damage anyway, but against a melta weapon, that's not bad. <laughs> like, this one definitely screams salamanders. Like, all of this is flamers and melta and short range and... I think the the transport angle was one I didn't expect when I first saw it, but it's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me because flamers notoriously have very short range, like 12 inches. Right. So th- having a bunch of vehicles as flamer delivery systems makes sense. I And I am also interested, as we look at these... None of, like, while the artwork on these detachments will show, like, this is the this is the chapter that this is meant to represent, at no point, not even in the fluff of anything, does it mention, like, the, like, the Imperial Fists or the Iron Hands or the Salamanders. Like, it's just like, nope, this is how th- this kind of Space Marine fighting is done. Right. So any chapter can do it. Right, they 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 are really trying to reinforce that, but but also saying the hey, but if you if this is your chapter, wink wink nudge nudge, this is the one that we built for you. Yeah, or it also encourages people. I remember in the day where it's like, oh, you have to have this paint. I've got to repaint everything just to get these rules. No, paint it how you want. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, moving forward, do you like bikes? Uh, then perhaps you will like the Stormlance Task Force. Uh, this is the White Scar equivalent. Uh, it is very heavily focused on mounted units. Yeah. But the the detachment rule is not tied specifically to uh, mounted units uh, because uh, it just says Adeptus Astartes units from your army are able to declare a charge in a turn in which they advanced or fell back. So you are pretty much always in Assault Doctrine, except you can also do it when you fell back. So you're like halfway between uh, Tactical and Assault Doctrine. Uh, this one is a very assault assault focus. So this one could possibly work for Blood Angels, but this one definitely works if you want to play uh, Ravenwing before the Dark Angels Codex yeah. comes out. Well, I-, I was looking at this one just as Assault in general, but then I noticed, like you said, Rob, half of the stratagems and all that are 
for mounted vehicles or mounted yeah. units. And it's like, oh, well, okay, so this is assault, but better assault if you're on a bike. So it's for me, I'm like looking at for your blood angels. I guess you want some firestorm, some storm lance. Too bad you can't pick and choose. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think you're right that this could like be a Raven Wing one as well. Although, I don't know. I, I like bikes that drive around, get objectives and shoot. So I was never as much on getting bikes into assault. Right. But this is definitely built for assault or bikes. Or if you'd like both, then this is perfect. Right. I, I will say that, uh, unfortunately, with some of the unit changes we'll talk about later, there's a lot fewer mounted units to choose from, though. Yeah. A lot fewer. Um, but uh, moving on to the stratagems for this detachment, uh, you have uh, Blitzing Fusillade, which is a battle tactic. Um, select a unit hasn't shot yet this phase. At the end of the phase, or until the end of the phase, uh, your weapons have assault. If such a weapon already had assault, it has sustained one hits one instead, or in, in, in addition. Right. So, uh, you know, moving and shooting, and if you could already move and shoot, more and more, you know, more shots. Uh, full throttle. This is a war gear strat. Uh, it is tied to uh, mounted ad- units or vehicle units, not counting walkers. So this is the not dreadnought deta- <laughs> detachment. You don't roll for advanced rolls for that unit. It's just automatically six, unless it was a mounted unit, in which case it's automatically nine, which that is solid. Yes. Um, shock assault this is a battle tactic uh during the charge phase you select a mounted unit that has not charged uh until the end of the turn you can reroll charges for that unit and their melee weapons gain lance okay uh ride hard ride fast uh just after an enemy unit has selected its shooting targets uh you select a mounted or fly vehicle which i just love that kind ki- <laughs> that keyword combination it can't just Sammy be any L. old vehicle. It's got to be a... Well, I mean, it's got to be cool. It's got to be a fly vehicle. Yeah, That's Sammy a Fly L. vehicle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, from your army that was selected... At, yeah, lame jokes. I, I apologize for nothing. Um, so, uh, from your army that was selected as the target, uh, each time the, uh, the, an attack targets that unit until the end of the phase, select or subtract one from the hit and wound rolls. So that's basically your jink. I miss Jink. I mean, it's not a four-up invulnerable. It probably shouldn't be, but <laughs> minus one hit, minus one wound is still pretty good, especially because mounted units tend to have higher toughness, so you're even less likely to land a wound on them. Uh, and then uh, wind swift evasion. If an uh, in your opponent's movement phase, just after an enemy unit ends a normal advance or fallback move, if they ended up within nine inches of one of your units, uh, you can move six inches. You just can't end, pick a unit with, that's within engagement range of any enemy units. But basically, oh, you got close to me? Eh, no, you didn't. Um, their, uh, two of their enhancements are for mounted vehicles uh, or mounted units. Uh, one is, uh, imp- which I believe there's only one mounted character, and that's the chaplain on a bike. <laughs> So uh, these are going to be for chaplains on bikes. Uh, (laughs) You can improve the strength. uh, Fury of the Storm adds one to their strength and uh, armor penetration for any uh, 
melee weapons you have, if you charged, then it's improved by two instead. Portents of Wisdom, Adeptus Astartes model only. While the bear is leading a unit, you can reroll advance rolls made for the unit. Uh, Fainting Withdrawal, uh, you can shoot in a turn which you fell back. Or Hunter's Instincts, also for a mounted unit. Uh, if the bear's unit is in strategic reserves, then you treat the turn as one higher so they can come in sooner or oh, in a different gosh. position. Yeah, that one's actually really good. But yeah, for uh, for White Scars or Ravenwing players, this is a fantastic detachment. Like, this is everything you would want for those particular sub-factions. Uh, and then... Our final chapter-focused detachment, the Vanguard Spearhead, which is the uh, Raven Guard-leaning detachment. This one is all about scouts and being sneaky. Uh, The detachment rule, if you have played uh, Raven Guard before 10th edition, uh, you will recognize this one. Uh, If you are... If the unit is more, if it, if a unit attacks you from more than twelve inches away, subtract one from their hit roll, and you have cover. So good old fashioned stealth. Their strats are kind of interesting. Um, mostly focused on well, I say mostly. There's a couple that are focused on scouts. There or Phobos armor. There are a couple that are just focused on taking out particular things. Uh, Deadly Prize I found interesting, though. It gives you sticky objectives. As you, you're, If you have a unit within range of an objective, you can make it sticky. However, it also sabotages the, the uh, objective marker. So if an, and each time, as long as the unit, as long as it's under your control, each time an enemy unit ends a move within range of the objective marker, you roll a d6. On two up, they suffer d3 mortal wounds. (laughs) Nice. Um, Surgical Strikes gives uh, a unit, an infantry unit, precision on their melee weapons. Oh, nice. It's 2 CP, but it is a battle tactic strat, so that could be potentially nasty. Um, Strike from the Shadows, also a battle tactic. Uh... You choose a shoot a unit, an infantry unit that hasn't been selected to shoot yet. If you target an enemy unit more than twelve inches away, add one to your ballistic skill and armor penetration on the attack. And if an, one or more enemy models were destroyed by a result of those attacks, they immediately make a battle shock test. Uh, calculated faint. Uh, your opponent's in your opponent's charge phase. Just after they declared a charge, you pick an infantry unit that was selected as the target of the charge. Uh, you can move up to D6 inches or 6 inches if it was a Phobos or Scout Squad unit. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you, you want to charge me? Nope, now you have to move. You have to uh, get that much farther on your charge roll. Or you might just Pick be, another target. Well, here's the thing. Oh, this one doesn't say that? It oh. does not specify that if you are out of charge range, they, they can select a different target. <laughs> they and you can't use this until the unit was selected as the target of a charge. So you could just ruin your opponent's charge entirely with yeah. this one. No, that that's I like it. Fun. <laughs> yep. And then guerrilla tactics uh, for CP at the end of your opponent's fight phase, you can uh, select either one Adeptus Astartes infantry unit or up to two Phobos and or Scout Squad units. And you just put them back in strategic reserves, as long as they were more than three inches away from any enemy models. 
So just lets you just pull a couple people off the board, a couple units off the board, and put them back down somewhere else on your turn. You've got uh, the enhancements Blade Driven Deep. Uh, while the bear is leading a unit, uh, models in that unit have infiltrators, which very good for this this particular play style. Ghost Weave Cloak, you have Stealth and Lone Operative. Uh, I'm, Lone Operative is one of my favorite rules right Lone now. Lone Operative is super powerful. Um, execute and Redeploy uh, for Phobos models only. Fortunately, there happen to be a, a good selection of Phobos model, you know, Phobos characters. Uh, in your shooting phase, after the bear's unit has shot, if the unit is not within engagement range of one or more enemy units, it can make a move up to six inches. If it does until the end of the turn, that unit, you, you can't declare a charge with them. But uh, this cannot allow the bear's unit to move more than once in your shooting phase. But you can basically shoot somebody, and then it's, it's a fire and fade that's built into your character. <laughs> oh, very nice. Uh, and then finally, Shadow War Veteran, also for Phobos only. Once per battle, after your opponent uses a stratagem, uh, you can increase the cost of, the, of that stratagem by one CP. Uh, that one would be nice if it hadn't been nerfed by the balance data slate. <laughs> I mean, it, it has, except for there's still one major thing that everyone can use. Command reroll. Yeah, command reroll. Yep. And that has, I mean, the Tyranid player I play against, he likes having his hive tyrant and he always is now picking command reroll, which means I rarely do command rerolls anymore just because I don't have the CP for it. Right. Uh, and then finally the last detachment of our seven in the book, the first company task force. This one is not tied to a particular chapter at all. This is instead tied to a, to the idea of playing an all-veteran Space Marine Force, which I think is a cool way to have a detachment that is going to represent a very, like, a particular section of any possible chapter. And this one also, like, if you play, if you want to play Deathwing, this is the one for you. Like, if you want to play Dark Angels, Terminators, or Bladeguard Vets, this is the one you use. Um, we also found out where the reroll wounds for Oath of Moment went. It moved to this detachment. Once sort per of. battle and yeah, well, yeah, sort of. Once per battle in your command phase, you can use this ability. If you do until the start of your next command phase, each time a model from your army makes with the oath of moment ability makes an attack that targets that target, the oath target, you can re-roll the wound rolls as well. So for one turn, you can get the old oath of moment back. And then uh, the strats in this one all target either just terminators or terminators and the veteran units. So, like, Heroes of the Chapter, in your shooting or fight phase, you target a Terminator, Blade Guard Vet, Stern Guard Vet, or Vanguard Vet unit from your army has not been selected to shoot or fight. Um, add one to their hit rolls. If you're below half strength, add one to your wound rolls as well. Terrifying proficiency. Oh, and Heroes of the ch Chapter is a battle tactic. Uh, that, uh, let's see, terrifying proficiency. This one's not a battle tactic. Uh, select a Terminator Vanguard uh, Vet, Stern Guard Vet, or Blade Guard Vet unit from your army that made a charge move and destroyed one or more enemy units this phase. <laughs> uh, so, you know, <laughs> certain set of conditions to get this one to trigger. It has to wipe a unit, not just like a model. In your opponent's next command phase, each enemy unit within six inches of that unit must take a battle shock test. If the unit that uh, taking the test is below half strength, subtract one from the test. 
Uh, enemy units affected by the stratagem do not need to take any other battle shock tests in the same phase. So you don't like they take one; they don't have to double up and take it twice if they were already like below half strength. But right. But being able to have an aura of yeah, I rushed into your lines, killed a do, you know, killed a unit. Boo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I might. This might be something to try with like an all terminator list, or you mentioned blade guard. Asriel can join blade guard. So maybe take Asriel with Blade Guard and a bunch of other first company Terminators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Duty and honor. Um, in your movement phase, you you target uh, a unit again. Terminator, Blade Guard, Stern Guard, Vanguard, Vet Squad. Within range of an objective marker you control uh, until and that you know it's a sticky objective uh, until your opponent controls it at the start or end of any turn. So if they like, like if you think your opponent's going to come in with a maybe a higher OC unit, but you can kill them in the fight phase, like that's actually not a bad one to be able to use. Or if you think you can battle shock them off an objective, right? Fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, orbital teleportarium. Uh, you too can be a gray knight. You select a Terminator unit from your army, pull it from the table, put it in strategic reserves, and then it will arrive back uh, in your reinforcement step of your next movement phase. But you do it at the end of your... So basically, at the end of your opponent's fight phase, pull a unit up, you're going to redeploy it on your turn. Yeah, it's not as good as it could be. Because I I prefer the one where you can pull them up and then drop them down. I like pulling them away, but putting them in strategic reserves means you're limited to coming in on the board edge. Uh, no, well, I get... Yeah. Oh, because it doesn't, it doesn't go into deep strike reserve, does Correct. it? Correct. It goes into hey. strategic reserve. No, no, no. It says, uh, top of your pet next movement phase using the deep strike ability. Oh, using the deep strike. Okay, then that gets by it. Okay, no, I like this then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, no, it lets you deep strike. I was pretty sure it let you deep strike them in. Yeah, oh. as long as it says specifically deep strike, then yeah, you can get away from yeah. going the board edge. Right. No, so, yeah, no. This, this is solid. I like it. Yeah, like I said, this one lets you play it being Grey Knights by just... I mean, you can't pull a unit up that's in engagement range, but neither can Grey Knights. Yeah. But also, it's like at the end of your opponent's fight phase, so you can just basically, at the end of the turn, you can basically put yourself anywhere where you can deep strike it. Or think of it, you just killed something in fight phase. (laughs) You can scare everyone around you and then just blink away. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a well, lot of command points, but... Well, no, you couldn't... I guess... You know, no, you couldn't do that because they the battle shock happens... Let's see. In your opponent's next command phase, each enemy within six inches of your unit must take oh, a battle okay. shock test. So you have so to still have to be, be there to make be scared of you. <laughs> right, and because the way Deep Strike works, you couldn't be within six inches of them. Right, right. Yeah, so no, you can't you can't kill one dude and then pop over and go ooga boo. <laughs> <laughs> that That'll would be, be hilarious, funny. but no, you cannot do that. <laughs> uh and then finally legendary fortitude. This is a battle tactic uh in your opponent's charge phase just after an enemy unit ends a charge move, select a terminator or one of the vet- the veteran units. Uh, that is within an engagement range of that enemy unit, uh, all their incoming damage is reduced by one. Oh, yeah. I like that. Which is good, considering that, like, 
you know, those units tend to have higher, you know, higher number of wounds anyway. So anything that could reduce some of like the power swords that do like two damage to one damage will, you know, make it more likely that you stick around. Right. So that, and, that, that's solid. And Deathwing Knights already have that built in. So I wouldn't want to use that on them, but being able to see it in action from those Deathwing Knights, you know, um, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. They, they stay around longer than you want them to. Since I've not used them on the table myself, I've only fought against them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then your enhancements, uh, the Imperium Sword, uh, Adeptus Astartes model only, add one to the attacks characteristic of the bear's melee weapons. Once per battle, uh, the bear can use this enhancement if it does until the end of the phase, add one to the attacks characteristic of all the models in their units to all their melee weapons. Okay. So just... Yeah, so just once per turn, everybody gets, or once per game, everybody gets extra attacks. Uh, Fear made manifest. uh, When an enemy unit, not counting monsters or vehicles, is within six inches of the bearer, each time that unit fails a battle shock test, one model in that unit is destroyed. Once per battle, when such an enemy unit fails a battle shock test, you can choose for D3 models in that unit to be destroyed in this way instead. Although they choose which unit models die. Like, you don't get to, like, you're scared to death and you're scared to death. <laughs> uh, rights of war for Terminator characters only improve the objective control characteristic of the bearer by one. And then once per battle, you can have everybody in your unit get OC one till the end Very of the phase. Nice. And I believe that's what the banner already does is make the unit have plus one o- OC. So yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like your own personal banner in a way. Mm-hmm. And it would stack with another banner. Right. If you, like, really needed to control, like, take an objective from a large unit. And then Iron Resolve, we're going to see another theme here. Uh, on a Terminator model, the bear has f- five up, feel no pain. And once per battle, you can give your entire unit five up, feel no pain for the phase. Solid. So, so like, three of these all have the... I get a bonus, and once per game, I can give the rest of my unit that same bonus for a phase. Right. Um, This, like, if you are going to go Terminator or Veteran Heavy, there is no reason not to run this detachment. Absolutely not. And, you know, looking at all these detachments, I... It's like, I still think... the Like, the Gladius is still just the most... Obviously, it's the most flexible. Like, I still think... Mm -hmm. Mo- like your average marine player who wants to take a variety of things is probably still going to stick with the gladius. I don't know if there's a huge reason to move away from it unless you want to go for a very particular style of play. And truthfully, thinking about it, that sounds like space marines to me. Yeah, the majority yeah. of space marines follow the codex, and the codex is pretty much the gladius. And yeah. all the others are just alternate battle tactic stratagem doctor whatever you they're alternate ways to go out to the board and fight right. and and truthfully yeah gladius is probably like the strongest but i like that going through here we found something for me to do with space wolves other than the space wolf one because uh, having a dreadnought army just sounds fun to me um mm-hmm. even though i don't have murder fang yet i still need to sometime get him uh, <laughs> and then like you said the um Stormlance would be interesting for Ravenwing, although I'm saying right now, thankfully, I have zero Ravenwing. Yeah. (laughs) 
that will be a down the future project of incorporating those. I, I, I have enough models to <laughs> still paint. Um, and then first company sounds like you said, awesome for Deathwing or just Terminators in general. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked through here. I don't play like ultramarines, but I've got space wolves and now dark angels. And I found three detachments out of here that I think will be fun slash useful for them. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I haven't, like, I think for Blood Angels, of these seven in here, I still think the Gladius is probably the one that fits the most, although depending on what units you take, First Company is also a very viable choice. Like, if you go, um, like, Terminator, like, I I like the idea of using Blade Guard Vets, so First Company is also good for that one. I also have a fair number of Phobos units, so Vanguard Spearhead's not a bad choice. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But I don't know if any of those really... Sp- that That's more like, well, these are the models I have rather than this feels like a Blood Angels unit. So well, True. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I think competitively... The ones we are most likely to see, I think Gladius is is obviously going to stick around. People are going to take that one. I think Ironstorm has the potential yeah. to do some big numbers just because, you know, walkers are good. And if you can help, like, buff them, keep them alive longer, stuff like that, make them more consistent, they're going to be really solid. Uh, Stormlance could do some interesting things except for the unit choice. I think that hurts them. And we will have to see what happens because when we talk about Ravenwing, it depends on if Ravenwing bikes are treated as their own thing or not because that's also a problem. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, when we get to the units that are in the book. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because Ravenwing right now have their own data cards. Right, and that's that's the question. Is like, is that going to maintain? Are they going to have? Well, we won't find out until spring of next year. Yeah, this is yeah. true. Yeah, so I, I'll have a few months to not have those Raven Ring units, so it probably yeah. won't matter at all to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, like I think Stormlance is going to be the most hurt by unit options because of what got removed. And again, we'll you know we'll get to that. And uh, I think First Company is going to be a very solid choice because an all-Terminator army that has access to some of these tools could be very scary. Yeah. yeah. I I think for what I see out of the gate, I think it's going to be Ironstorm as one, Gladius two. All the others is just flavor, truthfully. Yeah, like, like, Vanguard's neat, but I... Like, I don't think Raven Guard have ever, like, kind of torn up the charts. So, like, that style of play, it's neat, it's fun, it'll hold its own, but I don't think it's going to draw people as much as, yeah, Ironstorm and Gladius. I think Anvil feels just a bit too stationary. Yes. For my tastes. To, to really... Because you need, <laughs> Said you from need a to top player. <laughs> no, you, you need to be able to move I know. in this game. Uh, yeah. There's so many secondaries that army is going to have to give up because they just yeah. aren't made to move. Yeah. And Firestorm is neat, but I don't know if that close-up shooting but not quite melee focus is going to work. And you've got to basically spend extra points on transports to really but get the most out vehicles. of Transports are vehicles. Yeah, they are vehicles. They're not, they're not bad. I just don't see that... Like, 
And again, all of these, a good player with the right, like the right skill set will be able to do good things with any of these. You know, this doesn't say any of them are bad, but some of them are just going to be, I think, lend themselves better to how, how the game is, is currently played and scored than others will. So, yeah. So I, so you're saying iron storm is probably going to be the big winner out of this one. I think so. And I'm sure there are plenty of Iron Hands players who've been sitting on their collections and just kind of <laughs> waiting, waiting for the for their day to return. It's coming. Yeah. So let's get into units. Now I am not going to try to get through every unit. That would be a fool's errand because there's so many in this book. What? <laughs> just if we did a minute per unit, we'd be here for what, two days? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not quite that far, but like I said, there's 70 pages of data sheets, but a number of the pages have dual data sheets on them. So there's nearly 100 units in this book. So I've, I've been talking about units getting removed, units getting consolidated. I did mention that Primer- the, the gap between Primaris and non-Primaris is going away. Um, so one place where that comes down is any character where there was a Primaris version and a non-Primaris version, not accounting for like armor differences, have been consolidated down. So like there's not a Primaris captain, a regular captain. There's just captain. There's not a Primaris chaplain and a regular chaplain. There's just chaplain. And even looking at the old index, their abilities were the same between those two. So it really didn't make mm-hmm. sense for you to have double data sheets. I think, what about librarians, then? Um, Librarians do, like, there was a Primaris librarian. Yes, because there's a Primaris, there's a Phobos armor, there's a Terminator armor. Armor types, like, if they are in different armor, representing a different model, like, a different gear layout, those are still in here. Okay, so armor types of thing, just Primaris keyword is not. Correct. Okay, I can live with that. And that does also combine their like leader unit permissions. So, a like the unit that was like if you had a captain and a Primaris captain, and the captain could be in like tactical or devastator squads, and the Primaris captain could be in intercessor and hellblaster squads. They can now like the captain can be in all of those. Now I so just, like that change. Oh my gosh, that gives you so much better flexibility for whatever models you have. Because I know when I was starting Dark Angels, I was looking at okay, which is the exact model that can be the for these units I need. Ah, <laughs> oh, this frees it up so much. Yeah, it is. It is much better, and you even see it like Marnius Calgar, who was made Primaris, can now join Tactical Squad still. Oh, that's so you're thinking. Oh, he's not. Okay, never mind. I was thinking, yeah. why isn't he lone operative? Because he's so big. But no, he is not a, pri- a Primarch. He is just a dude. No, he's just a dude. Just a disco enthusiast. Yeah, and Bobby G only has lone operative if he's within three inches of an Astartes. Well, so yeah, if he's out on his lion. own, he's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... I, but, like, all the... like. The captain, for example, can join Assault Intercessor Squads, Blade Guards, Veteran Squads, Company Heroes, Hellblaster Squads, Inferno Squads, Intercessor Squads, Stern Guard Veteran Squads, Tactical Squads. Okay, I lied. He cannot join a Devastator Squad. Devastator Squads still stand alone. Nobody joins them. At least in the Space Wolves, they can have people join them. Yeah, but... uh, Space Wolves are better. Yeah. (laughs) 
one thing that's interesting though is like you mentioned with the the folding down of of units. Like I'm looking at the index librarian and the codex librarian. Um, the Primaris librarian had a had a four sword. That was it. No no war gear options. The Phobos lieutenant or librarian no war gear options. Just what came in the model. Now they can take force staves, force weapons. You know, so it's like. They actually do have some extra. They picked up some war gear options, which is kind of nice. Well, not really. The librarian has the force weapon, just the generic force weapon. Sure, but like at least, at least you have the ability now to like within the rules to to rep- represent. Like if you had a non primaris librarian, you could you can still run it under this profile. Like yes, that's that's the thing. It's just yeah. a generic. Okay, yeah. So I do like that because they at least made it backwards compatible where, yes, technically the old librarian mod, you know, data sheet has been indexed or whatever, you know, legends, but you can still run those models under this because of right. like the ch- slight changes to the profiles. So Correct. I like that. Now, I, d- I do like what they've done it. And we did get uh, we did get a. I would say a new model, but it's not really a new option because the captain with jump pack was in the index. They just didn't have a photo of a model with him. There is now a model for that kit, so he's featured, but the rules are the same. Like he's new model, but not a new squad. Uh, like lieutenants, there's no lieutenant and primaris lieutenant. There's just the lieutenant, the lieutenant in reaver armor, the lieutenant in phobos armor, and the lieutenant with combi weapon who is a lieutenant in phobos armor but isn't the lieutenant in phobos armor, which that's silly that those are still two data sheets. Right. <sighs> the one thing that I also do like about cleaning some of this up is like you can't, potentially spam i don't know that anybody did this but you can't potentially spam like librarians by like well here's three librarians <laughs> that are primaris librarians and here's three regular librarians and here's three in phobos armor and at least now it's like no you're you're more limited which it always felt like it should have been the intent so Agreed, i'll say yeah. y- yes and no i don't think spamming librarians would ever be a problem because the way the psychic stuff is now it's just boost for whatever squad they're in so sure I mean, if everyone had was a smite heavy thing, then yeah, it could be spammy. But yeah, now it's just I'm a leader. Well, I mean, or have this. or you could do the same thing with captains or chaplains. Like in the index, you could run right. all of these different versions and get around the the limitations of just three units. I mean, they, I think there should be one exception. I think the lieutenants should be able to run as many yeah. of those as you want. Because how else can we have <laughs> Space Marine chapter lieutenant? I mean, honestly, though, that kind of makes sense. Like, you maybe lieutenants should be like considered, you know, battle line or something like that to have be able to run more because you you would run more lieutenants. But yeah, <laughs> and with as many now, special models they've made for them. Oh, yeah. Now I do say that there is in this consolidation there are some things that do kind of get lost, and I would not be surprised if we see these legended out. Looking at the chaplain. In the index versus the chaplain in the codex, the chaplain in the codex is using the new Primaris model that has the absolver bolt pistol. Like mm. that's the only weapon option you have for the chaplain is the the absolver bolt pistol. Whereas the old chaplain, the non Primaris chaplain, could take a bolt pistol, a bolt gun, a combi weapon, a grav pistol, a hand flamer, an inferno pistol, or a plasma pistol, or a storm bolter. Like you had a lot yeah. more options, and now those are just 
like you may have a model that is no longer WYSIWYG because like, well, yeah, this guy has a plasma pistol, but I can't actually take a guy with a plasma pistol. So we don't know if like there will be a legended version that has more options or not. Just or slap just a jump like pack proxy. on him that way. Uh, that is, you can actually have a chaplain on, yeah, the chaplain on a jump pack actually does have all those options. Strangely enough, it's kind of weird. And, like, the Tech Marine is the new Tech Marine that has just the Grav Pistol as opposed to the old Tech Marine, which, you know, that's the Primaris Tech Marine. The old Tech Marine had all sorts of weapon options. So, yeah, you are going to lose a few things by basically saying, well, we're only counting the newest model. And that's something where it's like, well, now I have to either get the new model or I have to get somebody to approve my proxy, which eh, that's there's a little bit of disappointment there with this consolidation. For the most part, it's fine. But there's a couple of cases where it's it's a little bit of a problem. We we do have a list of units that are no longer in the codex, though. Uh, now, some of these were removed because the models are no longer for sale. Uh, so, in fact, most of these were removed because the models are no longer for sale. Though there's a couple where, like, the model, like, the unit that they are paired with got re- removed. So, for example, Assault Marines. The Venerable Assault Marine is gone. They even say, yeah, you run them as Vanguard Vets. Specifically, assault marines with jump packs should be run as vanguard vets with jump packs. Um, if you had an assault marine that didn't use a jump pack, I guess it's technically an assault intercessor now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, yep. The company command squad, it has been replaced by another unit. Uh, the scout sniper squad is no longer a separate uh, loadout for or it, it is a loadout for the scout unit rather than being a separate squad. However, it did have different rules because the scout sniper squad basically had lone operative and the scout squad does not. So you do like, if you take sniper scouts, they are not going to function the same way as the old ones. Um, Astarte servitors are gone. If you liked having those guys to just kind of fill no. in some points and add some crappy heavy bolters, or if you like them thematically with your tech marines, they are no longer a thing. Jump librarians are gone. I don't think there was ever a model for a jump librarian, but uh, it was in the <laughs> index, and you cannot take it. The one that really surprised me that they discontinued these, even though, yes, I understand the models are old, and yes, I understand they have the Outrider bikes now, but all other bikes that are not the Outriders or the Chaplain on Bike, which is the Chaplain on the Outrider Bike, they are gone. Regular bikes, Scout bikes, Attack bikes, Captain on Bikes, they are all gone. Which is why I was like, oh, those those mounted uh, war gear options for the Stormlance? Yeah, that's going on a Chaplain, because that's the only bike character now. I, I wouldn't... I personally wouldn't be surprised if when Dark Angels get their release, they release a captain on bike that is mm. generic enough to be used for anybody. Hopefully so, but it does feel like there's a there's a big gap here where it's like, oh, you you're a white scar player, yeah, you and they've even said we'll run them as outriders. You know, that like right. you are they are like officially approved proxies, I guess. Yeah. Mm. And what I was saying earlier, looking through the Dark Angels units, 
there's only two, which is the Ravenwing Black Knights and the Ravenwing Command Squad, which are their version of the the bikes. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they'll get outriderified, or if they'll just maybe have new models for their Ravenwing. Well, the, like the the Ravenwing out. bikes are newer kits, but they're still kind of like the small, like the older, yes. smaller uh, proportions. Yeah. yeah. The but what's also a problem with that is a lot of. Uh, Ravenwing players leaned heavily, not just into the Ravenwing, like, knights, but also the just, like, attack bikes and regular, like, Ravenwing mm. squads, and those are just yeah. gone now. It's like the Ravenwing, the the Dark Angels army we raffled off at uh, not this uh, Midwest Conquest, but the previous one in 2022, uh, there was an entire Ravenwing detachment of that, and uh, most of those bikes were just regular bikes. And uh, those are not legal options now, which then, like I said, that raises a question for like Dark Angels players. Do they just run them as outriders? Like, what do they do with them? Because they don't have their own for the most part. Well, they have those two units of their own. Right. But I think this means or this is calling out to me. Don't dip into Ravenwing until the codex slash maybe different models comes out till we see whatever rules and models are coming this way. Yep. Uh, land speeders that are not the the newer Primaris version of land speeders, okay. they are gone. That's the one that kind of hurts me a little bit because the the space wolves from John, John loved the land speeders, so mm-hmm. I have a few. <laughs> yeah, no, um, now you can't use them. Yeah, well they'll, they'll still take up the space in the the um, nice foam when they've been yeah. there for probably ten years or so now because I wasn't using them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Relic Terminators. Now, this is a case where the kit hasn't been discontinued. They're just moving it entirely over to Horus Heresy. We don't want Horus Heresy in our 40K. Like, that is something, like, why all the Horus Heresy models got legended, but these were still floating around in the index. Well, now they they have also been legended. They are, or they will be theoretically. It's like Relic Terminators, even just proxying them as normal Terminators, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they're... You won't be using them at you know with special rules. Same thing for Contemptor Dreadnoughts. Uh, if you aren't playing Custodes, you don't get Contemptor Dreads. Or Ironclad. Or Ironclad. Yeah, Ironclad. That's one where it's like, yeah, okay, it's not like it fits the other Dreadnought kind of box pattern, but I guess they just don't sell them very much, or the rules for them just don't like the vision for them doesn't fit the the new edition so they've just decided to drop them however the classic boxy dreadnought is still a legal choice so there's some weird decision making there because well, the regular dreadnoughts the 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 poor man's dread you just just everyone has them so here but yeah the, yeah. the, the variations of it no go to go to yeah. the bigger dreads right they're really trying to push you to that um the thunderfire cannon good riddance Ah, oh, this I'll miss. It. We have so many memories of this weapon. Yeah, Rock none of them. Go- <laughs> I didn't say they were good memories. <laughs> I mean, the Thunderfire Cannon was both a, a nightmare to assemble in either mm-hmm. metal or fine cast form, and oh, it was an imp- like it either was the wor- one of the worst things to play, or it was one of the worst things to play against. I don't think they ever got the balance of Thunderfire no. Cannons right. Right. And it has the complication of coming with a tech marine as a gunner, which is also a weird thing. So they've they've kind of discarded well, that. Back that in entirely. the day, you had gunners for things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, finally, the Hunter Stalker Tanks, a.k.a. Sorry about flyers, here's a patch. Those are gone. I don't think anyone really misses them anymore, especially because flyers have been kind of a non-entity now. Yeah, of both those statements, because I've got flyers. I haven't seen a point in using them. Mm-mm. I don't know that I've ever, in the entire time since that those units came out, seen a stalker or hunter actually used in a game. I have. like I I I, I, have. I just I just do I not just, have any memory of them ever being on the table. I had stalkers. I remember seeing taken because not only did they like they were good against flyers, but also just the like the double pairs of like auto cannons were just generally useful. Mm-hmm. And then when they started, like there was a period where because they, you know, they were good against things with the fly keyword, and a lot of people were running things with the fly keyword. They were still kind of useful, but so they, much they elder were, like our jet yeah. bikes. <laughs> so yeah, it's like there was a time in the meta where they weren't terrible choices, but they're not even producing the kits anymore. So, uh, so those those units, and, and this is again the curse of we are only playing, we are only supporting rules for units we currently make, and we don't want you to to really. Like, you can kit bash things, but only kit bash them in a way that is legal with the rules that we give you. So that that's why a lot of these units are gone. But I think bikes going away and not being replaced with anything other than the Outriders is just... I mean, that's a bad choice. only thing I can think of on that is maybe bikes are going to get a shine up when Dark Angels come out. And they would have regular have bikes They're- and special Ravenwing bikes and they'll yeah, have they're, both out there for everybody. Yeah, they're going to have to. So, that's everything that's been replaced as far as units that were updated. Now, I'm not going to say this is a comprehensive list cuz there's a ton of data sheets to go through. But there are a few new ones. So, we have Assault Intercessors with jump packs which do not they are not just regular intercessors with jump packs because they do have a different rule because the uh, assault intercessors let you reroll wounds against uh, target in melee against targets on objective markers. Um, assault intercessors with jump packs instead have the old hammer of wrath ability where if you end a charge mo- move, uh, you select an enemy unit with engagement range, you roll D six for each model in that unit uh, for each f- or for each model in this unit with an engagement range of that unit, uh, for each four up, that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. So on average, you're going to do two, maybe three mortal wounds just by charging somebody with this unit, which is not bad. Yeah. I always like that, that, that rule because like, especially playing the first space Marine game, like the impact of like landing with those jump packs and stuff, like, always felt like like no that should do something extra so yeah um yeah i like that rule well like in, in dawn of war i think dawn of war 2 they had that too where like if you had to get like an assault if you had an assault unit with the jump pack like you could basically deep strike or like jump onto an enemy unit and like knock them away mm-hmm. so it's good to see hammer of wrath come back for an assault unit and so like the assault intercessors i i like like it's nice to have a primer, you know, Primaris quote, and it is a Tacticus, i.e., Primaris, but not Primaris unit. 
And like I said, it pairs nicely with the captain with the jump pack or the chaplain with the jump pack, both of which are still supported. Other units we uh, we have changed. My notes. Here we go. Uh, the company heroes. This is a new unit. Uh, there's gonna be a new kit for these. Um, the company heroes basically replaces the company command squad. Uh, the company command squad. Uh, the company heroes no longer include an apothecary because that's a separate unit now. It does still include a company champion, but he doesn't have any of the rules that the old company champion had. So the old company. Uh, champion had an honor or death ability, which let you uh, add one to his advance and charge rolls and heroically intervene for zero CP. Uh, that's gone. Now it's just you have a banner which gives you an extra OC for the unit. So the unit, even though it's technically OC1, it is OC2 as long as the banner is there. And then you have a command squad ability while a character model is leading this unit. Each time an attack targets this unit, subtract, uh, subtract one from the wound roll. So they're harder to wound as long as there's a character there in it. So it's one of those weird cases where the ability comes from the unit being led, but not from the leader leading it. So it will stack with the leader's ability. You also don't have all the weapon options that the command squad had because they had like grav guns, melt guns, plasma guns. This one just has bolt guns, bolt it, pistol, bolt rifle, mastercrafted bolt rifle, and a mastercrafted heavy bolter. It really feels like this is just to give extra wounds to a character. Really, it is. Mm-hmm. Give them extra wounds, a little bit of extra OC. I mean, it's not a bad unit if you want to have a character. You know, if you want to have like something that's a little bit more elite, although you're still primarily hitting on twos and like on threes, except for that master crafted bolt rifle. It's, I mean, it's fine. It's, I think, missing the other like the apothecary and everything makes it feel a little uninspiring I, to run on its own. I could easily see, but I'll, I'll say I played recently a game that Tyrant Guard were a thing, and just having three Tyrant Guard made getting to a swarm lord or a hive tyrant that much harder because you had to chew through them and also in this yeah. case with these guys in the command squad reducing wound rolls means they're going to be harder to chew through so i mean they themselves might not be the star but with them around a a character that should get the character to wherever you need the character to be before all of them are taken out and the character's on yeah. his own I think the the worst thing about them, though, I mean, they do have four wounds a model, which is nice, but three up saves and no invuln, like, they'll get chewed through relatively quickly, depending on, like, what you throw uh, at them. I'm starting to, I don't know, unless, I am starting to think invulns are not needed for high armor characters, because most guns are minus one or minus two, mm-hmm. so even if you had a six up or a five up invuln on a three up armor... It's it not going to come into play that often. That's true. Uh, and then three units that change. And like I said, this is not a comprehensive list, but I, I tried to go through as as much as I could and see if I could spot any differences. I won't necessarily... Like, there may be some weapons changes here and there that uh, changed. But uh, first off, these Stern, Stern Guard veterans, they got a new kit, and they actually get slightly different rules. Um, a lot of the war gear options are the same. 
because they still have like the combi weapon, the uh, stern guard bolt rifle, stern guard bolt pistol, stern guard heavy bolter. They did gain the ability to take a pyre cannon, which is uh, a high end flamer, strength six, d6 plus one attacks, torrent, ignore cover, 12 inch range. Uh, but the big thing that changed for them. Well, and they also got the option to actually take a variety of close combat weapons instead of just generic close combat weapon because they can take oh. chain swords, power weapons, power fists. Very like you can really kit out the stern guard yeah. nicely. I like my swords on them though. Yeah, well, but they can actually be power swords instead of just close combat weapons. Oh, then then yes, I definitely yeah, like that. Yeah, it's one extra attack. Uh, one extra strength and one extra AP than the close combat weapon. So it's like, it's better in every way. However, only the sergeant can take the power weapon. Everybody else gets close combat weapons. So it's okay. So it's extra weapons, but only on the close, on the uh, sergeant. Sergeant. Sergeant, yeah. Um, the But the big change for them is the stern, they, they lost the bolter drill rule, which was the one that let them shoot if they just, like, they could shoot again if they destroyed an enemy unit with their shooting. Now, um, if they target uh, their oath of moment target, uh, reroll wound rolls of one. And we already know that's good. It's good, but it's a huge change from what they were doing before. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Another change is to the uh, tactical squad, the good old-fashioned, you know, first-born Marine tactical squad. They originally had, uh, in uh, 10th edition, the ability to uh, fall back and shoot, which, you know, kind of made useful. them... Yeah, very useful. Uh, they or they could shoot and charge in a turn in which they fell back. They were, like, kind of the classic <laughs> ultramarine, flexible tactical squad you still don't see them all that often but you know it's not bad and they can still have they still have the most varied loadout of any unit in this codex their data sheet Mm -hmm. takes up an entire page because of all the options they can take uh their ability is combat squads okay yeah i mean the fact they can do it without a vehicle i guess space marines don't have a vehicle to do that though yeah, the Razorback does not let you. Uh, I think it's. Di- yeah, I think it did in. Uh, no, the Lance, the Razorback didn't let you uh, combat squad. <laughs> so you could only so, put a five man squad in it. So so sisters and Votan could combat, and I guess Dark Eldar could combat squad, but uh, Space Marines couldn't. So I guess this makes sense, giving them combat squad, but in putting it back on the classic, traditional unit that had combat squads to start with. Right. Like, it makes but, sense, but it's, it is it is kind of like, wow, that's a lot of flexibility loss to be able to make two squads out of one. And if I'm honest, I'm going to take, like, intercessors or heavy intercessors over tactical marines any day right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're just better at doing what, what you need to do to win games. Like, because an intercessor squad has sticky objectives. That's way better than combat squatting. Yes. Like, that's not even close. So, yeah, tactical squads are... It's like, it's like we want to discourage you from taking them. No, th- this is the one step away from Legends. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you can take them, but why? Uh, and, the, the you know, I mentioned that uh, scout squads change. The rule for the scout squad is the same. Just the sniper squad variant went away. But sniper rifles can still be taken in scout... In scout squads. Although, 
you cannot have an entire squad of snipers. For every five models in the unit, you can have replace one bolter with a sniper. Which that's kind of sad. The old, you know, I mean, the old yes camo cloak no. sniper unit. But they, yeah, but that's the what primaries. eliminators are for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of going with niche protection, and I, I just don't know if I would like the scout squad ability is is neat. If like if you are more than six inches away from any enemy models, you can put the unit into strategic reserves. Uh, so you can have you know like that's kind of neat but i just i don't know if they especially because we don't have like they're not a cheap troop tax anymore or anything like that i don't know if there's any real benefit to taking a scout squad when you could take like infiltrators or incursors or eliminators yeah it's like i think there are squad Again, this feels like a kind of like with the tactical squads. Like this is one step away from Legends, except they actually released a new scout box. So it's a new, it's it's a unit that is still currently in production. It's just they've changed it probably because there's only one sniper's rifle in the box. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, Terminators, not the Terminator Assault Squad, which is still a separate unit and does not have new models. Uh, The new Terminator Squad is only for the classic gun-carrying Terminator. Um, they uh, Their Fury of the First ability got tweaked. They still have the add one to hit their Oath of Moment targets, but they lost the we ignore all, pe- like all penalties and modifiers. That's fine. I'd like It's fine losing that. I'm not really worried about that. But it was just interesting to note that it was gone. But, like, those those were the, like, there were only technically two new units, and then there were, like, a few modified units. Otherwise, it looked like, at first glance, and, and kind of doing a quick run-through unit by unit, there's not a ton of changes. And, again, there may be some that we missed, but there's not a ton of changes between the units that are still in the codex and the, in, you know, that were in the index. It's just that there's a lot of units that are no longer in the codex. And I do think it's funny that they included points because, as yeah. we found out with the <laughs> Tyranid ones, they are immediately incorrect. And, like, I know that because the Desolation Squad is only... They did increase the cost of the Desolation Squad in this book. It's 120 points, you know, up from the 100 that it was before. <laughs> uh, two things I'll say on that is, is one, for the, about the Desolation Squad, yeah, I was like toying with just a small contingent of like dark angels. And I was like, I still need something heavy in this thing. I still put in five desolation squad members for 200 points. So I, that points is not a deterrent from taking them. Um, But the other one is, uh, yeah, remember in the very past where we were like, man, they didn't put points on these. How are we going to tell what things are? And now we're like, why did they put points on things? It's right. just going to change. <laughs> also, another reason I know this book was written without, obviously, without taking any of the balanced data slate changes into account is we mentioned that that Shadow War veteran uh, enhancement for the Vanguard Spearhead that let you uh, increase the cost of a stratagem by one that is now very limited in what it can do in scope. That's the most expensive upgrade in that detachment at 30 points so 
I would not be surprised if we see the cost of that drop because of the more limited scope and what they can do with it. Agreed. So, so basically, I'm not even going to bother doing a point-by-point comparison because none of this is going to be accurate. Because none of what's in here will have taken the changes they made in the balanced data slate and Munitorium Manual 1.3 into account. Like this, this is a nonsensical list. There's, and I, I am frustrated about that in the codex. Like, if the points are all going to be digital. Like, I understand having a print version because you want to have a version that's in the book for people to use right away. But when you know that this is immediately incorrect before the book's even on shelves, I appreciate they put the QR code in here for people to scan. Because they and the note they have on it, in addition to the points values printed here, which you can always use in agreement with your opponent, the codex is supported with long live online points values so that you can enjoy the most balanced and exciting games of Warhammer 40,000. Scan this QR code to see the latest point values for your army. So I appreciate that they put in a way for you to access the digital points right away. That is good, but uh, it's it is still a harder sell to know that this book is inaccurate the minute it's out. <laughs> yep. So um, I still stand with, uh, I, I still agree with uh, the statement we made last episode that they should get out of the, the book's business. But like overall, like I, other than the cuts in units, which I understand they're kind of paring down the line and this was, is still a bloated codex even with the trimming down because they are also technically supporting like six different armies with this book yeah. and three three others or no four others that are supplemental to this book cuz you still have like four one two three four five six seven eight eight pages of named characters most of which are two to a page um <laughs> And about half of which are ultramarines. Um, like, there's still a lot of characters, that, like, a lot of game, like, play styles they are trying to support with this. And we don't have the price on this book yet. Uh, my guess is it's going to be in the $70 range. I think oh, we mentioned gosh. this. Like, well, because it's... it's it, The Space Marine one is always more expensive because it has yeah. more pages. And mm. it's going to be more expensive than the core rule book. Uh, it, they would surprise. That's the part that flabbergasts me. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping, hope crossing fingers, hoping for like sixty was what I was would shoot. Well, for. sixty is how much the Tyranids Codex is. So there's yeah. a chance they could. They, there's a chance they could keep it at sixty. Not going to say they couldn't. This, no, Space Marines is always more than anyone else, right? And to compare, this book is 215 pages. The Tyranid Codex is 122. Oh, so that thing, Tyranids was 60? This should be a $90 book then. Yeah. Don't give them ideas. Please, please do not don't, do that. Don't give them I ideas. would be tempted to not buy it at that price. Right. Over 60, I, I don't I'm tempted think to not the, buy it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to charge like 90 for it, but I if they have this codex at 60 i will be pleasantly surprised i still think 60 is too much to pay for a single army faction book but considering like because i think this is like this, many <laughs> yeah this is it's there's so many i mean there's in in the section of the 
table of contents where they just spell out like the rule section. There's three columns of data sheets listed. It's kind of ridiculous. And this is still an improvement over the 255 pages or so of index, (laughs) but uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so my criticisms are, I feel bad about some of the cuts. Some of them I don't because things like the Hunter Stalker, the Thunderfire Cannon, honestly, the Ironclad, stuff like that. Nobody really, you know, most people didn't really care. Um, The Contemptor and the Relic Terminators, kind of silly, but they're really trying to make an effort to kind of silo Horus Heresy and 40K as separate things. So I get that from a strategic standpoint. The losing assault marines and bikes still feels weird. It's like you kept assault marine or you kept tactical marines, but you're getting rid of assault marines, even though you have intercessors and assault intercessors and a jump assault intercessors now. But it's like, I I don't see why you got rid of assault marines. I think you should just do new bike models if you wanted rather than because the outrider bikes are fine, but there's no flexibility in them. Like, give us more bike models. Give us newer bike models rather than just getting rid of all the bike units. The old land speeders, I, I don't see anybody running the new, like, I, well, I shouldn't say, I've seen like one or two people running the newer land speeders, but like the old land speeders are kind of a classic. It's sad to see them go. So it's just like, I, I'm sad to see the you know, the units that were cut. I feel weird about the tactical squad the way they like I like the combat squatting but it feels like there's no point in taking it so like I have those complaints and this book is still way too big but I do appreciate the multiple like I'd like how they handle the detachments I like the merging of Primaris and regular characters although I am sad that it does render a lot of models basically as proxies it giveth and it taketh away the oath of moment change kind of hits weird though because like it doesn't like it was good but it never felt especially when they toned down like desolation marines by making them more expensive it just it didn't feel that bad it's like yeah the marines are going to pick a thing and try to kill that thing once a turn five times a game they get to try to kill particular units that's fine i don't but i also do like that it's the same as the combat patrol rules so I'm kind of mixed on this book. I don't think it's bad. The one thing I kind of thought was weird was uh, there was some talk about, like, with the detachments, like, limiting what units might be available for, like, which detachment to gear play styles a little bit more. And I'm yeah kind of surprised we haven't seen that so far in any detachments. Um, yeah. Because I, I figured this would be where we'd see that, and we might get, like, for example, and granted... I think this design for me is better, but like I could have seen like a detachment that's like firstborn Marines and like, it's just your firstborn Marines and here's the ability to use these and do different things and build an army this way. So I'm kind of surprised by that. Although, you know, clearly when you look at these, we're talking about like the detachments, clearly some of these are geared more towards other ones. I think people will make those decisions for what units go in which detachment on their own. So maybe you don't need to limit it, but I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Cause I, I remember hearing 
some talk about that in like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of where, but like, you know, in, in like some of the commentary around like the edition and the talk of the new detachments. And then we just haven't seen that so far. So I find that kind of, I don't, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. I just find it kind of odd. Yeah. Like the closest we get is some of the detachments lean heavily into particular keywords, but yeah, nothing that forces you to like, oh yeah, you can't take this if you take this, which is, would have been like a very fourth edition style of design for it. Mm-hmm. So I can understand, and like I understand why they didn't, but yeah, it's like I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop. Like they keep saying, like they said they would, they would do stuff like that, but they're not really. Yeah, and like I said, maybe that's not. Maybe they decided that was too forceful, and we didn't want to do it that way. Because like, you know, the the um, the veteran, you know, the 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 veteran uh, company detachment, you could take intercessors in that you don't have to take terminators right you get no benefit but you know so i don't know i i I think it'll shake itself out where clearly you will take the units that are benefit the most from the various attachments but i don't just kind of odd i i I remember hearing a lot about that and then we haven't really seen any of that yet so agreed so yeah it's like i don't look at any of these other than maybe like i'm I'm kind of with you dennis like on the iron storm like i think that one's going to be really good but it's like i don't i don't get the same vibe from these that i got from like the tyranid detachments where it's like those were also geared towards particular builds but there were a couple where it's like this one's geared towards things you were taking anyway, like the synapse one, where it's like, yeah, I'm going to be taking synapse creatures because I kind of have to. So it's an interesting, different build. But I don't get that vibe other than maybe from the first company task force in this one. And whereas I think, yeah, it sounds like certain builds of Space Wolves. And technically, I think if you wanted to do Thunderwolf Cav, the Stormlance would be a good one for Space Wolves as well, because they're all mounted, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I was locked into mounted being bikes. Yeah. Yeah. And they yes. like assault. Yeah. So I think I only I think have two squads of them, so that would not be helpful yet. <laughs> but, but for uh, other people, it would be. Yeah. So like, I think there's a couple here that have potential for some Space Wolf builds. I think there's definitely a couple that have potential for uh, Dark Angels builds. I don't know if Death Watch benefits from any of these more than taking... I mean, considering they got nerfed pretty hard in their own detachment, and admittedly, in a way that made sense fluff-wise, like they should have been that way the whole time. Um, I think... Which is funny because Death Watch veteran units and kill teams and such don't gain any benefit from other than the Terminators from the first company task force. <laughs> so it's like that one kind of hurts a little bit. Like I don't know if any of these really benefit Death Watch more than Gladius, and I think Blood Angels don't inherently gain from any of these other than Gladius. So it's not evenly the the benefits to non Codex factions are not evenly distributed, but. But, like, overall, like, I don't think Space Marine players will be terribly unhappy. And most of the Space Marine players I've been seeing have been using the newer stuff anyway. So they're not really going to miss the cuts. I Most people have moved on to gladiators and, rep- and repulsors and 
intercessors and blade guard vets and stuff like that like they're they they've moved on to the the newer stuff but i do feel like if you are an older space marine player who is still kind of holding on to your your stuff um you better hope that the old units end up in legends or that you've downloaded the data sheets while they're still valid because i don't think there's anything here for that audience yeah i don't find it as interesting as the tyranid codex and i i'm terrified of how expensive this book may or may not be and it's still a lot a lot of units to to juggle but uh but yeah overall i don't think it's bad no i don't think it's bad i once again really like the fluff and you said we've seen it in umpteen zillion other places yeah but i i enjoy having it i love that the fact they've got the squad marking tutorials in there especially Mm -hmm. since i need to get Mini Dark Angels painted in the not near future, but the future. I'm still sad that I have to probably pick this up and Dark Angels. Yeah, that is still. A- but we've already gone through the days of if we only had one, then the codexes get out of sync with each other. Although with digital, they can just fix that. I don't know. We we went for many times of wanting all the Space Marines in one codex, and then they, when they are, it's like, well, now the people that played the non or the separate factions like Dark Angels, Blood Angels, Space Wolves now have to get two codexes, which feels like a pain. It does. It does. So, I'm not looking forward to uh, that for my Blood Angels. And and thing is, I don't know where Blood Angels are on the roadmap, so I'm going to be stuck with this book for and the index year and for, half? for yeah, for a long time. So yeah. But uh yeah, I think that I think that pretty much wraps up our look at the Space Marine Codex. Um, so I, I, I hate, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, damning it with faint praise. Like it's fine. It's, it's, it is a Space Marine Codex. It is very middle of the road. I, I think, I think it'll be in from a like narrative play standpoint. I think it'll be far more interesting when people are like leaning into their favorite founding chapter style gameplay. I think that's where it'll be the most fun. This will be out for pre-order as you are hearing this. It'll be on shelves for two weeks. Remember, download your index now while you still can, just so you have any of your older rules before they go away. Always have that backup available. And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. If you want to help support the show, you can find us on patreon.com slash preferred enemies, where we use it as an online tip chart. None of our... Uh, episodes are behind a paywall, but uh, if you want to help support the show, even if it's a dollar a month, you you listeners have are paying for our hosting and our recording service, and we really appreciate all the support you give us. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, I guess we'll have to, maybe we will find out more about what is coming down the road. Uh, I know Christmas boxes are will be coming. Before long, we always have army boxes for the holidays, so we'll see if we know more about that in October. Um, yeah, there's what? an upcoming preview as well that they yeah. mentioned. So we'll say that they just dropped the what's coming out, which is all the the characters we covered. The only thing I'll toss out is those jump pack intercessors look sweet. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do look pretty nice. Uh, let's see. Yeah, space marines and such. Yes. So yes, the codex will be available. Uh, Captain with Jump Pack, which uh, they did provide us the models. I still need to get some shipped out to you guys to look at, but I will say I have assembled the Captain with Jump Pack. Um, it goes together fine. 
uh, and they give you plenty of options in the kit. So I was able to Blood Angels mine out and like it was perfectly compatible with all the like Blood Angel Premier Sprue bits and things like that. So that was fine. So yeah, all, like all those kits are. Uh, so like the new Lieutenant kit, I don't think we've. Was that the one that they? I want to say they put that one in a different box recently. Could oh, that was be. the the one in Agastus. Okay, so he's now standalone. Brutalis is available standalone. Hey, the Desolation Squad will finally be available for a separate purchase. <laughs> <laughs> and the Space Marine Combat Patrol, which is so pretty much the yeah. the. Desolation, Brutalis, and Lieutenant are the all the Agastus stuff available. Yeah, all the Agastus stuff is now available separately, which it's about time that needed to be available. Um, the data cards, which will be gone right away. Hey, the Leviathan fixed mission deck will be available. Hey, <laughs> that'll be gone in like five minutes. Yeah. And hey, Space Wolf Mark Six heads for Horse Heresy, which will be in resin. Um, so yeah, by the time you uh, hear this, all this will be available for pre-order, and uh, it is a two-week pre-order period, so all this stuff will be out mid-October. So um, by then, we should be able to like talk more about the models, because uh, I will have those out to everyone so we can get stuff assembled and give our feelings about them. And uh, so come back and listen to us in a couple of weeks when we talk about the release and any new news and uh, any new previews that have come about. Uh, but until then, from all of us here at Preferred Enemies, I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis. And Richard. Good night, good gaming, and uh, take that oath. And for don't forget, you only get half of it now. <laughs> Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2, No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com. Miniatures. We build them, we paint them, we love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Kara Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors, that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the battle mats from Game Mat. Their professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. 
Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a game mat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding Gboard portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve. 